Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is the next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me, talking the Jawan Howard suspension. He wasn't the only person suspended, but obviously this story uh, centers around him and, and his altercation uh, with, with Wisconsin. By now, we're sure you've seen the video, but, but obviously we, we have it on our site if you do want to see it. But the Big Ten announced... Uh, just just a few moments ago, actually, from where we're recording, that Juwan Howard would be suspended for five games the remainder of the regular season. He would be fined $40,000, which is the largest in Big Ten fine history. Uh, in addition to him, Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard would be fined $10,000. And then three players, two for Michigan, one for Wisconsin. So Terrence Williams, the second, Musa Diabate, and Jacoby Neath all have been suspended one game they they were seen on video throwing punches um for those that did not see the entire video so steve i i guess we can start just with the initial reaction to the to the level of suspension i i had told people that were asking me uh did not feel like this was fireable or even honestly debatably fireable it just never felt like that it wasn't it wasn't unprompted enough it wasn't um, it wasn't quite, I guess, severe enough. Like if he'd gone up in the middle of like a, a media timeout and done that to an opposing coach, yeah, that's a different story. I mean, that, that's that's kind of like the Bob Knight playbook. But but this was clearly a situation that that a series of either misunderstandings or frustration from both sides had had escalated the situation, uh, and then obviously the smack that that Jawan Howard threw on on a Wisconsin assistant, you could see in the video pretty clearly that that assistant who did, who was not disciplined at all by the big 10. And, and you and I will talk about that in a second. We were both surprised, but clearly he said, and then did something. And from my view, he made contact with Jaron Fultz and, and Terrence Williams uh, that, that kind of provoked Howard to come back into the scuffle and, and throw the smack um, can read his lips that suggests to be in line with what he said as well. So anyway, never felt like this, you know, completely unhinged, unprompted thing. Now it's it's unacceptable behavior, right? And and that's why he suspended five games and he's suspended without pay too. So it's gonna end up costing him either in in fines or lost revenue, about 170 grand. So so it is costly. Uh it, it does hurt Michigan a lot. But but Steve, your initial reaction to to the suspension. I thought three or four would have been fine, but I, I understood that there's maybe some, some value in going to the end of the regular season, just so there's a little bit less uh, confusion. Plus maybe they wanted that fifth game in there for good measure, but, but your thoughts on the suspensions and fines that were handed out. First thing I wondered was <clears throat> right or wrong last year. Did you think the incident against Maryland maybe played any role in, the suspension maybe being a little bit longer 
than it would have been yeah. otherwise, right? I, mean, I, I, I have wondered, to think it did, right? Right. That's what my thought was too, uh, is something where Mich- or the Big Ten or Michigan, however they came together on this and decided, I think it's a situation where it's like, you know, I think there's a lot of respect and admiration for, for Juwan Howard's passion and particularly for, you know, his, how much he cares about his players. But, you know, the, this is a, again, right or wrong. These are situations. No, no other coach in the big 10 has really, it's never gotten this far. Um, you know, so I think it's something where maybe they wanted that God to send a, maybe a clear message to him. Like, Hey, like this, this type of conduct uh, isn't going to fly. As far like so, I think five is okay. I'm all right with five. I actually, I, I kind of thought maybe they'd suspend him for the Big Ten tournament. I thought they'd try to make a a bigger statement out of it. I think again, I think this is enough of a statement. I I, I guess I just thought they would do more. Um, you know, I Greg Gard I think had enough plausible deniability to avoid a suspension. As far as you know, he could probably just say he wanted to just explain the timeout, all the stuff, whatever, you know, um, cannot believe the assistant for Wisconsin wasn't suspended. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised Neath wasn't suspended for more than one game. Uh, I believe he threw the first punch uh, in that whole scrum or pile or whatever. And um, I'm actually kind of surprised. I saw the same, just, just right. for what it's worth. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised that actually all three players maybe didn't get more than one game uh, just because it, it, it was on the precipice of really spilling over into something a lot worse than what it even was. So um, I'm not necessarily down on Greg guard, not getting suspended. I, I just, I think it's a total joke that the Wisconsin assistant was not suspended. Uh, you, you know, that if you're Juwan Howard, I think maybe what is, and again, I, I think he was resigned to his fate at the press conference yesterday, I think he knew that, you know, he was in for it. Something was going to happen here. I think from his standpoint, though, maybe a little bit of frustration and thinking that three separate instances where Wisconsin made initial contact with Michigan people. You're talking about Greg Gard made contact with Juwan Howard first. Howard seemed inclined to walk right by and really kind of one of those, you know, F you like forget about like I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm gone but guard grabbed him and stopped him. That kind of escalated it. Then you're talking about the assistant touching Folds and Williams. And then you're talking about Neath throwing the first punch in the, the little uh, scrum between the players. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, it, it's just, uh, it is, it's one of those things that you, you can break it down a million different ways. I just think, I think it's one of those deals. I would say this, I, I did kind of ask around, a little bit, nobody super special, but people that have been around the game, some people that have coached in the game. And I mean, it was pretty much a consensus that, uh, you know, touching an opposing player as a coach is like one of the like cardinal rules uh, as far as basketball. Like you're, you're not supposed to touch an opposing player, uh, particularly in that type of deal. Um, you know, that being said, you can't have these. We know Howard's a guy, very emotional, very emotional emotions on his sleeve, very, very passionate. Um, but it, there's got to be more restraint shown in that type of situation uh, because it's just a, it's, it's whether you're defending your play, you're coming to your player's defense or not, 
he's still the face of the program. You still have to put on a better, um, you know, you can't, you just can't cross that line necessarily. Cause like I said, the, the thing, the thing that to me that stood out almost was that it really was close to being a lot worse yeah. uh, than what it was. And I don't think many people really have talked about that. I mean, whoever de-escalated it or eventually de-escalated, I think did a good job because man, I mean, it was, I mean, you were a couple connecting throws from those players away from like this turning into an all out brawl. So, um, you know, you're lucky. You, you never know. Um, you're lucky fans. Yep. Don't try to step in at that point. I mean, you don't know college, maybe some college kids drinking before the game or still, you know, a little, you know, you know, you know how college is just, you're, you know, you're always lucky or, or fortunate that nothing like that uh, kind of came about either. So I think all in all, I think the only thing I'm really strongly against is the fact that the Wisconsin assistant wasn't suspended. I mean, you know, I, I, you could argue that none of that would have happened if he hadn't put his hands on the two Michigan players to begin with. Again, not excusing what Juwan Howard did, but you can't deny that he initiated the contact that really kind of set it off. Not only that, but he came in. It wasn't a deal where he, he was, was trying saying to break stuff up. too. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a deal. He came in and tried to break it up. Like he came in and 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 kind of broke the seam between other Wisconsin assistants and people and kind of came in and got right in the middle of it all of a sudden, then touches the players. Uh, just pretty ridiculous that he didn't get some kind of punishment or suspension, but, you know, whatever. It's not going to impact Michigan the rest of the way. So uh, Michigan's got to look, you know, go move forward here because uh, now all of a sudden everything up is up in the air for the rest of the season, honestly. so Yeah, and we'll talk about the rest of the season in a moment. Uh, Joe Krabenhoff is his name. We keep saying the Wisconsin assistant. He was the one that came in and and said something that clearly. So so first he said something because you saw you can go watch the video. Um, we're not going to do a full shot by shot analysis here, but but just explaining his role. He said something that caught the attention of the of the police, the university police officer that was already kind of in the middle of it. And it caught the attention of a person in a Big Ten polo. I assume someone who worked for the Big Ten. Uh, they immediately turned, as did the players. And that's when it seemed like the pile was starting to dissipate. And then that's when, like, there was there was a little bit, like, think the the crowds got a little bit closer. And you can see Krabenhoft nudge. I think it was with his left arm he nudged Jaron Falds. With his right arm, he nudged uh, Terrence Williams. And you can, I'm happy to, to share, I already shared it on my Twitter page, but I could share it with, with people on our board. You can see that's when Howard turns back because he was, he was outside of the middle of the pile. And that's when he comes in and, and throws the, the I'm going to call it a SWAT. I don't know what the, what the official technical term is. Not quite a punch, uh, harder than a, a slap, I, I, I would say. Anyways. Uh, th- that part doesn't really matter, but but I, I'm with you. I he should have been suspended. Should have been suspended. I I I'd be curious what the justification is, honestly. And 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 that's where, you know, it's kind of this stuff gets annoying to me that it's like it's all so administrative and bureaucratic. Like, of course, Michigan can't come out and say, "Hey, what the heck?" And like, obviously, Jawan Howard can't say that, and and all you know, it's just they don't have a leg to stand on. And the Big Ten wants to tidy this up, so there's not going to be like this this revelation of what the Big Ten saw. Because I don't I don't know how you could justify he didn't play the second biggest role 
in this because I, I understand, you know, throw, you can't throw punches in, in terms of the players, but I was actually, if I found out that the players weren't suspended at all, this is my personal opinion. I, that would have been fine by me because who, who caused that problem? Was it the players? I would not say the players were the problem. I would say the adults and obviously the players are adults, but, but you know, in terms of coaches, they were the ones that caused this. Greg Gard, and he was fined. I, I'm kind of with you. If I mean, no suspension, I probably would have done a game because clearly he didn't do nothing. Um, you know, because not only did he initiate contact in the handshake line, but during the timeout foul sequence, he's standing at midcourt, well out of the coach's box, just giving Jawan Howard this smirk and this stare down, like, like what do you what you want? You know, come get me which is hilarious because then he acts like completely like the victim about 30 minutes later. But, um, you know, he, he, he was an instigator for sure. And I still think Jawan Howard, it doesn't excuse a single thing Jawan Howard did, but I'm a little surprised there wasn't a suspension there. Krabenhoft definitely should have been suspended. Then Sharif Chambliss, uh, assistant coach. Now this one, I'm curious what, what listeners think. Maybe, maybe you guys can, can send me your thoughts, but, it seemed like he maybe tackled Terrence Williams. Uh, I don't know what you saw, Steve, in, in that regard, but can't do that. I mean, that's – I understand that his his role came a little bit after things had escalated to the point where I was controlled. So maybe he has some plausible deniability that he, he tackled Williams to keep him out of the fray. Uh, I don't know. But I'm a little surprised there wasn't, like, at least a public reprimand of him and then the Wisconsin staffer's name I don't know who did the um, <laughs> the well the the sexual gesture I guess is what we'll call it uh, to oh the DX the old DX you know what DX yeah, is yeah <laughs> yeah it might be a little bit before your time little yeah, little, little bit before my time but D Generation um, X um, suck it yeah that's like an old <laughs> that's an old WWF stuff so so anyway I I, I you know, that that stuff just sucks man like you know I I get it I get I get Juwan Howard was was primarily at fault but you know, you see stuff like that and you're like, really? Like Wisconsin's enjoying this as much as they're pretending they're offended by. It. And it, it actually, it actually felt, it irked me that Chris McIntosh went and met with reporters yesterday, uh, including our Alejandro Zuniga. He has a story on it and everything. And was just like, Wisconsin didn't instigate, you know, he was just so indignant that Wisconsin was not at all the, an offending member. And it's like, come on, man. Like, I mean, did, you know, I I get that you have to side with your school, but like, are you really gonna act like nothing happened and Jawan just came out of nowhere and acted like this? Um, and actually, that's where we're gonna go next. Jawan, he is suspended for five games. He will return from that suspension, you know, for the Big Ten tournament, uh, the NCAA tournament, and presumably be the coach moving forward. I, I can't imagine that that would change, but. Obviously, this cannot happen again. He cannot strike another opposing coach. If that, if that or something like that happens again, no matter what he's accomplished at Michigan, he is gone. So, Steve, I guess what what are some of your thoughts? I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily speculate. Oh, can he do it? Like, I, I think he's proven that that he's you know really smart and capable and everything, and and you know knows what it takes to be a good head coach, but this is not his first run in with a coach. And one thing I've noticed just in kind of reflecting on things over the past day or 
So if you go back and look at Juwan Howard's technical fouls, you, you said it a moment ago. He, he wears his emotions on the sleeve because I don't think that there's a coach in the country at the college level that gets a technical foul faster than Juwan Howard does. Like he doesn't, you know, when Beeline used to get technicals, it was like a little bit of arguing, a little bit of working, and then, and then the ref says, all right, enough's enough. Jawan, he'll get it before, like, they, they even realize what's going on. And, and you know, I, I say this because he's gotten a few in the past couple games. And I, I want to say it's around 12. I think I saw that number floated around uh, in his career at Michigan. Obviously, like, three or four of them have come in the past couple weeks. But the one thing I've noticed, the common denominator, the reason I bring this up, is Jawan absolutely goes ballistic if he feels one of his players is put in harm's way. Like I, w- I was actually amazed that Brad Davidson's elbow into Hunter Dickinson's ribs did not immediately cause a technical because Davidson, I think got um, Eli was it Eli Brooks in the eye last year. And there was like, like immediately Juwan's like on the floor screaming at this official and getting a technical foul within five seconds. And so I, I, and, and frankly, if I'm a player, that's, there's some aspect of that that's admirable. I mean, a technical foul, you know, technically hurts you in the game, but, but it can rile your team up. It can, it can make you kind of uh, give you a little bit of an energy boost that, you know, your coach has got at your back. So Steve, I mean, I don't, I think it's weird to like say Juwan Howard has to show less emotion. I mean, this is a guy who was, who was crying when he was introduced as head coach. You know, I think this is a, big part of who he is but obviously the turgeon incident last year he's had a couple other uh times where, where his own players are restraining him from from screaming you know at the officials or things like that i mean is there is there an element i mean i guess what what do you want to see or what are some of your thoughts on on the challenge that juan howard has to face now because because not only did is, is he getting the suspension this was national news every official in the country saw Jawan Howard and and some of them have have refereed games for him before some have not but now when he comes screaming at him I, I can't help but think that this you know this is not the reputation you want to have it actually floors floors me a little bit having covered Jawan Howard for three years that he now has the reputation as the Big Ten's hothead given some of the other coaches that are in the league but but I think that's the, that's the cards that he's dealt with I guess some of your thoughts on where Juwan Howard goes from here. He's got to recalibrate his, his activity in some capacity. Just the big other reason why is I feel like almost feel like uh, other coaches and other teams, like he's going to get tested almost. Oh, you um, know, the last minute timeout is going to come. Right. Up. I mean, it's, it's so like, that's an area where he's like, you know, he's not going to have much choice but to show immediate restraint and, and learn to maybe control his emotions a little bit better. I tried to look back. I was just on basketball reference to see if I could find uh, his technical foul history in the NBA just by amount, but I couldn't. It was like the only stat. It's crazy how many stats those sites have, but uh, didn't have that stat, you know. But but either way, again, even when he played in the league, though, even I know, and, and even when he played at Michigan, uh, you know, a guy that has been always been very, very emotional. So it's, I don't think it's something that, he's going to change overnight. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it, he's going to be, they're going to be gunning for him. I, yeah. Officials are going to be keeping an even, 
know, cause I, I'll say one thing though, that bugs me. And uh, I think others have alluded to this is like you mentioned about the quickness and in the, in the, how he gets a technical foul. And I'll sit here and watch, and I'm not picking on Michigan state because it's Michigan's rival, but I'll, you know, they just, it's a team they're always on around here, obviously. So I, I Michigan state fans will say it. Yeah. Well, I just, yeah. it's, it's so does that all game unfathomable to me. Um, when you watch a, a full 40 minute Michigan state game, you see, you know, a guy like Izzo get away with, with all of the stuff that he does on the sidelines. And rarely do you see him get teed up, um, you know, and it just on the surface. And again, we don't know exactly what's being said necessarily, but on the surface, it just, it always, it feels like they're a lot quicker to go after Howard and, and maybe other coaches too. I'm not saying this is a Howard versus Izzo thing, but Izzo really is, and probably McCaffrey a little bit too, but, but I haven't seen as many Iowa games the last couple of seasons as I have Michigan state games. I mean, even just watching them, um, Illinois, but Indiana was the game, uh, Michigan state, Indiana, like a weekend and a half ago, uh, was just like, it was outrageous. Um, the, how he was parading up and down the sidelines outside of the box, like the whole, you know, whole second half of the first half. But, um, anyway, that being said, uh, but that was just something else I, you know, it, it kind of made me think about is like, they're going to possibly be even quicker on the draw with Howard after this. So, you know, it is something where I think he's got to do a little bit of internal, not soul searching. That sounds a little bit too strong, but you know what I mean though? He's, he's going to have to change up some of the ways, some of his approach because it's fair, unfair. It's going to, it's going to get him and the team in more trouble on a game to game basis. If he, if he can't control it. So um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's where I think it goes from here. The other thing I want to just going to make me feel better to say this Brad Davison's such a weenie, man. I can't stand watching that guy play. <laughs> like, I it, it it is that's that's one where, you know, if there's there's a guy I've never seen a player. Grayson Allen kind of comes to mind a little bit, but but even that I've never seen a player that is universally disliked within the conference as much as this guy. I mean, you see beat writers during the game for five or six different teams, team not even involved in the game getting on just immediately like there goes Brad Davison again, you know, and it's like, just dude, just graduate and move on already. You know, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. So, um, and he's the most annoying about it too. Like he would just like, stop. It, like, that, Oh, I don't know what you guys are. It's that subtle. Like, yeah. It's I'm that just playing the game hard. Like, douchey, like here. <laughs> oh man. You know? So, um, and what's crazy is like, we never go after play you and I, we never do this. Probably the we first are time not. I've ever. So probably the first time I've ever <laughs> actually said that about a player. Um, but I. But you know, it's like it, this has just gotten ridiculous. Feel totally comfortable uh, in saying that. I mean, you're talking to this is like he, a he's like Van Wilder at this point. He's been at Wisconsin for like seven years. Like, just move on, dude. Like, go play overseas or go wherever. Um, it's just, I, it's just watching that guy. Like, it, it just, it's nauseating to watch him get away with the same garbage every single time he takes the floor and is somehow. And I I mean, the only thing I'll give him credit for is if they're not going to call it, he's going to keep pulling that crap, Yeah, you know? And so if, you know, more power to him in that regard, I guess, but it doesn't mean we can't give him some crap for it. You know, I just get sick of watching the guy. So um, yeah, you know, I just wonder 
not saying that he's not, not blaming this whole thing on him, but I just wonder like throughout the game, you know, I think teams probably get very frustrated playing against him and maybe playing against Wisconsin in general. Cause they've always really, and most of the time I say this to their credit, they're very subtly like annoying and pesky and, um, they just always seem to toe the line really, really, really well um, in a lot of instances. And, and so I just wonder if, if you know, <laughs> this could have been a game or a situation where Michigan can't hit the side of the barn. Um, you got Davison doing his thing, some questionable calls, as always, when you're at the Cole Center. Uh, if that, all that kind of helped build up to pressing, timeout, and then here we are, you know, you never know if, if the, the context of the game helped build the situation into what it became, but um, I just made me feel better to, to say that about Brad Davison. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we're going to hit a quick break uh, on the other side. We'll talk about where Michigan goes from here as a team and, and what the rest of the season looks like. Cause it, it sure looks a lot different than it did, you know, 48 hours ago. You're listening to the Wolverine 24 seven podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Thanks for waiting. You know, and then one thing I will add, Steve, I, I forgot to say just a moment ago. You know, you mentioned Davison obviously got a couple cheap shots in, one on, on Dickinson and one on Devontae Jones. Uh, it was a frustrating game. You know, it seemed like Michigan was doing a lot of things well, and then they just could not make a shot. They could not stop Johnny Davis. It's a blowout. And that's where, like, maybe Greg Gard standing at half court doing the whole hands-on-hips smirky thing at, at Juwan Howard and, and again, this doesn't excuse Juwan Howard, but I, I think a, a, few, a, a decent amount of our listeners can put themselves in his shoes and, and kind of say like, yeah, that that ticked me off too. Now, now, what you do with that? That is what Juwan Howard. Whether this is, I don't know. That's what he has to work on because that's going to get him in trouble. That's going to get the team in trouble. Uh, and and you know, I assume he has ambitions of coaching in the NBA one day. I think he'd be a fantastic NBA coach. But, you know, if this happens again, that, that, that even that goes into jeopardy. So, um, you know, and that's not, I don't think that's outlandish to say. I, I think just the fact is he just got suspended for five games. I don't know the last time a college basketball coach was suspended for five games for, for something like this, not like impermissible benefits or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, going to be really interesting, and, and and also interesting will be how Michigan closes this out. Uh, you, there's already been statements from from Jawan Howard, uh, 
you know, he's he, much very apologetic in his statement. I will say, you know, I know I, I, uh, I was not overly impressed with his press conference yesterday because he did not apologize. Uh, he, he has now, you know, and he's including, um, you know, to his team and, and to Michigan fans, Michigan is in a tough spot now. I assume Phil Martelli will be the, the interim head coach, uh, unless, I, unless I am mistaken on that. And, but they've got, they've got some tough games. You know, home game against Rutgers, who's red hot. Home game against Illinois, top 10 team, top 15 team, uh, potential Big Ten champions. Home game against Michigan State, everyone knows what Michigan State is capable of. Home game against Iowa. Uh, who just beat Ohio State pretty soundly on the road, and then a home the road game at Ohio State. So it was already going to be a tough close to the season, anyways. I, I think to to feel good heading into Indianapolis about making the NCAA tournament, I think Michigan needs three of those wins. Uh, three and two against those five teams is not an easy task. And now you don't have your head coach for one game. You won't have Musa Diabate, Terrence Williams, uh, Steve. We can talk briefly about maybe the team's performance on Sunday before all of this, but but first, how how does this suspension, how does this fiasco? Because the other part of this is uh, it it was not quiet, right? I mean, this was the only thing people were talking about on social media for a day. I mean, it's the only thing you turn on sports news channel here or there. You know, that this is all that's on about it national news how how does this impact the team and how does this impact maybe what you expect to see from the team over the next five games i mean i think short-term picture is it it, not having diabate and williams against Rutgers is really going to hurt them um yeah like you said Rutgers one of the hottest teams in the country not just the big 10 i mean Rutgers looks very legit right now. Uh, so athletic bigs too. Yep. Yep. So that game got a lot more difficult just in the short term, um, long term. you know, we'll see. I'm interested. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're a, if you're searching for a silver lining, I mean, to do the players rally, you know, uh, behind their coach, knowing that this whole, this whole thing pretty much stemmed from him trying to stick up for his players and sort of get his players back. You know, I mean, I guess, like I said, if you're if you're trying to look for a potential silver lining or, a, or an optimistic way to look at it, I guess that'd be the route to go. But yeah, I mean, you know, talking about a team that was probably just off the bubble after the Iowa win and probably still there after this Wisconsin. I can't imagine this loss did a lot negatively to their standing. But like you said, they they can't limp to the finish line here. They have to they have to win at least a few of these games remaining you know, and, and to lose your head coach for that stretch is, uh, you know, it is, it's potentially a devastating blow to their season, honestly. Uh, just so we'll for the, see. just real quick, uh, their loss because of the margin, I think played a role. They went from 29th in the net rankings to 34th. So they, okay. I still think three and two puts them in a good spot heading into the big 10 tournament, but it's not, not much more easy. precarious. Yeah. It's a, they're in a regard. Like, yeah, they're in a precarious position. So to go into that stretch without your head coach is uh, not where you want to be, obviously. So that's kind of one of the other angles where it's like, you know, that's where I think you you would hope that Howard would 
have a little more control over his emotions and stuff, knowing like, Hey, we're, we're still well within the realm of getting into the tournament. You know, it's like, there's no reason to, you know, again, right or wrong to escalate or to put yourself in that type of situation to get suspended. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see all five. I mean, they, they, they could theoretically could lose all five uh, of these games. I mean, that's how difficult the big 10 is right now. And they're, and they're playing upper echelon teams on this stretch too. So, you know, it's got to shoot the ball better. I mean, that, that then, then we get into the X's yeah. and O's and the actual team stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, to, to not have your head coach for that stretch is obviously not a good thing. I mean, there's, there's no way you can spin that into it being a positive. The only thing, like I said, is that you, maybe the team will, will try to rally around uh, with, with coach Martelli, I guess at the, at the least, I mean, there's not, maybe not a better guy you'd want to step in than a guy right. with the vast experience of Phil Martelli. I mean, so there is that, I suppose, but, but either way, again, you want your, you want your head coach there. <laughs> Obviously that's, they're your head coach. Um, you know, you want them there for this stretch. And, and the fact he's not there is, is, is not a good thing for Michigan. Right. Right. I, I suspect Michigan will try to build some momentum on its own, internally, uh, kind of under the nobody believes in us narrative. We've seen, I mean, even Alabama and Clemson football try to set that up for themselves. It's effective. It helps with motivation. It helps with in-game intensity. Um, I think this Rutgers game is going to determine what the next five games look like because I, they're not going to go 5-0. and I, I am dubious that they'll go 0-5. I mean, this is a team that's been – they've shown ups and downs for a while. I, I assume you'll see a little bit of both, but I – if they play against Wisconsin and they just don't have it and they get beat soundly at home to a quad three opponent, I think they might be quad two now. I can't help but wonder if the players would pack that in, you know, just kind of say, yeah, this isn't going to work. Cause it's already been the other thing to fa- factor in. This has not been, this isn't some Michigan team that's had like this easy season. It's been frustrating. I mean, it was clear you know, I think even the, we did a podcast after two games and we said, yeah, they're not a top 15 team. Like this is a team that, that just does not, you know, the newcomers are not quite ready. They lost more than I think people gave them credit for some of the players that need to take a, a step up in the off season did not. So they already had that. Then they had the COVID outbreak. They, they you know, they've had, uh, you know, a couple, couple bang up injuries here and there. I mean, this is, they, they were on the outside looking in on the bubble just a a little while ago. So I, the, the thing I question, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting, I'm not predicting this, but I just, I can't help but wonder if Thursday or Wednesday, excuse me, goes poorly and things get ugly. That's when I will wonder if Michigan can, can get off, off the mat. Cause I think, I think between now and then, you know, Hunter Dickinson, he's, he's, he's only, he's a, he's a sophomore, but he has a lot of experience. You know, he's, he's, molded himself into a leader Eli Brooks has obviously a lot of experience he's a leader I I think they can get the team back emotionally like I don't think they'll be distraught going into Wednesday but if things go poorly on Wednesday that's I think that's when the doubt might creep in more than it it has previously Um, and the reality of facing you know three games in five days again (laughs) you know starting I think it's it's Sunday uh, Tuesday and Thursday, I think are their, their games next week. And it's like, whew, 
Yes. So I think they really need to win and, and, and look good against Rutgers on, on Wednesday. Um, Steve, any, any final thoughts? I, I, I'd like to never talk about it. I've, I've had enough conversations and, and written enough about, about this, this incident. Uh, you know, obviously uh, been the prevailing discussion in sports period over the past 24 hours. Any, any final thoughts? Not really. I mean, I think we've said our piece here. There's really not much else to say now that all the the suspensions have been handed down. Yeah. The apology has been released. I mean, we're kind of at where we're at now. So yeah, it's up to the, up to the, up to Martelli, up to the players to respond. And, you know, I agree that the game against Rutgers might mean a lot more, even given the stakes that it already had may mean even more now, as far as sort of a confidence builder for the rest of that final stretch, you know, the, the one benefit they do get for these games at home. So yep. it's not as if, you know, that's the one feather they kind of have in their cap here. And I got to think the crowd is going to try to rally around the team as well. Um, you know, so I think, however, they, yeah, I agree that however they come out against Rutgers may end up kind of dictating this five game stretch and then subsequently their season, because if they limp into the big 10 tournament, I just think that the conference is too deep for them to make any kind of run in the tourney as well. Uh, you know, you, yeah, you can really only expect one and one, I think at the big 10 tournament. Ab- this year. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's where things are at. Let's see the team, see how the team reacts and, and um, yeah, beat Rutgers and then go from there. Yeah. Two things I forgot to mention that I, I feel at least worthy of a mention. Uh, I, I really thought your point was perfect about, this could have been so much worse. I mean, in a way, I'm not saying just Jawan Howard, but Jawan Howard and, and the other coaches that were involved in instigating or escalating um, should really be considering themselves lucky because that that could have gotten so much worse. And for like five, ten seconds, it looked like it was about to get worse. But, but shout out to uh, John Sanderson. I think he shielded a little bit of contact. I thought Saudi Washington – did a great job of, of immediately, you know, he, I think he saw it in Jawan's eyes. He was like, no, this has to be, this has to be cut off right, right now. Um, you know, I thought, I thought a lot of players were, I mean, Tyler wall, obviously, I think he was pretty prominent in the video. He even calmed Terrence Williams down, which, which speaks to his ability to, to, you know, kind of mend the fence a little bit that he was calming down an opposing player. Um, you know, and then I think there were a few Michigan players as well that 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 were stepping in. So I thought I thought that was real. You know, I, I don't think that's worth. I think that's worth mentioning that you're absolutely right. Things could have been 100 times worse. I mean, there were fans in the building. You never know what what how they're going to react, as you said. Um, you know, and, and Michigan. Dude, was I was at a, I was at a high sorry I was at a high school game less than a week ago where a fan literally walked onto the court in the middle of the game to get in the face of the ref. I mean, <laughs> you're telling me that that's not possible for the fans to get involved in something like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's well within right. the realm of possibilities. So. Right. So, so I'm grateful personally that, you know, for the people that did kind of step up and, and step in as kind of intermediaries. Um, and then the other thing I want to mention is I, I you know, one storyline I'll also be watching. I don't know this you know i don't know that this narrative will exist uh but having you know i'm sure you're in the same boat have a network of michigan alumni michigan fans i am curious to see how 
fans received this, and we were recording this pretty much right after it happened. Um, I've already heard from a couple fans that they're really embarrassed. And whether they're being a little pearl clutchy, that's that's up to, to everyone for their own opinions. I, I'm of the belief that the suspension is fair. Now we don't need to address it. But I am curious to see, like, it's, it, it, did, did Juwan Howard lose some goodwill with, with fans? I, I, again, every fan's going to have a different opinion, but that will be something I, I wanna, I'm curious to keep an eye on, you know, mixed in with, with a pretty down season, uh, you know, a season that, that did not meet maybe unfair expectations, but that it did not even meet what would have been a pessimistic expectation. So uh, curious to see how that looks or if that plays, plays a role in things over these next couple of weeks or maybe the final month uh, before the basketball offseason starts. But anyway, that's stuff that, that, that we're just going to have to wait and see on. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to read all of our stories on this, and, and there will be some spring football stuff coming today and, and, and throughout the week. Um, over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.